0: with Pellegrini with you know our dp situation we're still waiting for uh, some decisions at the league level uh you know we have four dps at the moment so you know that's a, that's a, a work in progress and uh roster compliance is next week so we need to we need to work on things and we're continuing to work on things to get compliance.
1: There's some good news for Inter-Miami, including a potential jersey sponsorship deal at long last, but also some bad news for Inter-Miami. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Miami Total Football Radio, or as Steve and I like to call it in Spanish, Miami Total Football Radio. I am your co host, Franco Panizo, on this week's podcast, and joining me is El Primo, Steve Brenner, who's going to try to say Miami Total Football Radio in Spanish this week, I think.
2: (laughs) Me hablo un poco español, Miami football, y tengo un. (laughs) Ma massa, more of Miami Total Football Radio. No. I think. Good? We, I think. I
1: think you just went French. Uh, I mean, Italian. Well, Italian on us a little bit there. I don't. I, I was very confused there. What, what was going I did on? Did a couple well,
2: of years of Spanish at school, but you know, just kept it. But maybe I should um, brush up a bit.
1: We we will work on on that Miami Total Football uh, Radio on your part. Although I, you know, I told my family they do listen to the show. And you know, we talked about it over the weekend on Easter. They were very upset about the fact that you got rid of the LLC nickname. They were they were pretty what? devastated by that. They thought that that moniker should have stayed. Not kidding you. We talked about it for at least 30 45 minutes and it kept kept coming back up in conversation throughout the, the, the holiday. So uh, I mean, they they like that nickname. I don't know about everybody else, but but they like that nickname.
2: Look, you know, I appreciate that, but I make the calls, and that's it. <laughs> So, no, But I, do, I appreciate the love for it. I, li- I like that. I li- love that story. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So speaking of making calls, it seems like Inter Miami has made a business decision and that they will have a jersey and stadium naming rights deal announced later this week. We will get into that. We will get into a lot of the other preseason news. We spoke to Chris Henderson earlier this week and he left a lot of nuggets for us to chew on and dissect, including, well their issue that they're facing right now with four designated players on the roster. But Steve, before we get into all of that news, just a quick reminder to everyone to please give us a follow on all our social media accounts at Miami Total Football on YouTube and Facebook and at MIA Total Football on Twitter and Instagram. I know I say this often, but every follow we do get from you guys helps us to bring you more of this type of content on a regular basis and it helps us to grow and grow and we do have a lot of plans for the future so it helps us out tremendously but anyway steve let's get to it all right primo we were supposed to record yesterday tuesday however we caught wind that some news might be coming so we held off and we apologize to the listeners for that but we held off For an extra day. So we are recording now Wednesday. The show will be dropping by the time you guys are hearing this on Thursday. And the news that came out today was that Inter Miami had a special announcement to make this Friday morning. And they will do so with Auto Nation. Now they didn't say exactly what it was. But judging from the tone of the press release. And anyone who's been around MLS for a long time knows that those type of special announcements usually pertain to. Stadium or jersey sponsorship. Sources told me earlier today, and now pictures have made it up onto social media. The stadium will be called Auto Nation's Drive Pink Stadium. So Auto Nation will be the stadium sponsor. And I've also been told as of a few minutes ago that they will also be the jersey sponsor. Now I don't know, I was not told whether it will be just Auto Nation across the front of. Inter Miami's jersey, or if it'll be Auto nation Drive Pink, but that is but AutoNation has both deals, and they've they've come to terms with Inter Miami. Don't know the financial details, but Steve, just what do you make of that news of Inter Miami finally, at long last,
2: landing a deal? Well, you know, it's it's good news for the club if you think about they they've been you know going for at least one season now, and the club has been in existence for nearly nearly two years. For it, for it to then not really have that sort of financial backing. You know, I guess it must have been hard. We haven't really looked too deep into this story as it's gone along, but definitely, you know, would have, with everything that happened last year, with the lack of revenue, you know, no fans coming in, people not out in the stadium buying shirts, all that kind of stuff. You know, it was sort of imperative that they they sort of got it sorted. So we don't know the figures, but you know, just looking at some of the some of the other MLS clubs, the LAFC, their Bank of California Stadium, the naming work rights is worth about six million dollars a year. And then, you know, you've got the, the, their sponsor, they have um, Target on their sleeve, they get a million dollars from Target. So you're not looking at multi-million dollar deals, well, not hundreds of millions of dollars, but, you know, just a good, solid sort of, you know, backing from a local company um, that would just, you know, help the club sort of move, move forward in, in all different ways, you know. So, um, yeah, I guess it would have, it would have. I'm sure Matt, Jorge Mass has been working very hard and is delighted to get it over the line because it was obviously a problem for them. They, they've been going for, for a while now and hadn't had anything sorted. Now they have got financials from elsewhere and and whatever, but you know it's good. I guess good to get get a, a deal signed off.
1: I agree that this is great for the team revenue, their bottom line. This is income that they missed out on last year, revenue that they missed out on last year. Now they'll have that, and they found a good. Partner, A partner that's located in South Florida. Headquarters are in Fort Lauderdale. And just to elaborate on what Drive Pink is, it's an initiative that AutoNation has that's raised over $26 million for cancer research and treatment. So it's a good philanthropic venture for InterMiami to be involved in. Because if you remember a year ago, maybe a little bit more than a year ago, it had been reported by The Sun. That David Beckham had struck a deal with Qatar Airways. Even pictures of the jersey with Qatar Airways emblazoned across the front of the chest came out. And that was supposed to be a deal worth $247 million for both the jersey and the and the stadium deal. Stadium naming rights deal. So that was the deal that they struck a year ago reportedly. But there was a lot of criticism from fans from the general public about aligning with Qatar Airways. this will be complete the complete opposite though this this is a, a, a local business an American business that was founded by former South Florida businessman Wayne Heisinger rest in peace he's owned among other things Auto nation which he found the Miami Dolphins the Florida Panthers he's, he's had he had quite a bit of success. So, AutoNation has checks off a lot of boxes for Inter Miami.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's worth worth they're worth three billion dollars, but it's also worth making the point that you know the money from Qatar or or Dubai or Abu Dhabi, you know, that they're on a different financial level compared to sort of you know retailers like lot Nation. alternation you know that those Gulf states um you know they've got an endless pot. just look how much man city have spent over the, the last sort of 10 years but um you know yeah they've they've clearly got some skin in the game which is which is good so it'd be interesting to see just how that affects their finances moving forward
1: yeah it seems it seems just like a complete 180 from what they were thinking about doing last year where maybe they were prioritizing more money but not necessarily the best pr in terms of their image And now they've maybe gone the other way where, you know, this is definitely a a partnership that is local, that has a good cause behind it, and that should give them some money. Although probably nowhere near as much as what The Sun reported that Qatar Airways was going to pay into miami By the way, for anyone that wants to see a picture of what the stadium looks like, if you're impatient and can't wait till Friday's announcement, there's already images on my Twitter handle on Miami. Or at MIA Total Football on Instagram, and they're all over the web now. So, you can, if you haven't seen them already, you know, just go there and you can check them out. But, Steve, let's focus now our attention to the team that's finishing up preseason. There's only a few days left in the preseason preparations. Three games. One is happening as we record this right now here on Wednesday evening, which I'm sure you and I will be...
2: Or or (laughs) is there a game? Is there? Who knows? Is there? No, there's a
1: game. There's a game. And we and you are going to work our tails off over the next few hours and days to try to find out some details about it. Hopefully, we can bring you fans and you listeners... Some some info on you know whether the score the goal score is the lineup. Ho- hopefully we can get you some information no, yeah, on that. We're yeah. gonna try. We're gonna try.
2: The fans just want we just we're just interested. We want to know how they're going on. I mean we know that it's it's preseason it doesn't really mean too much, but it's just you know it's just interesting to know what's going on. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? So anyway,
1: so let's let's focus on well we spoke to Chris Henderson on Tuesday, and we talked about a number of topics as you can imagine because because we haven't spoken to Inter Miami officials in quite a few weeks. But he had a lot of interesting things to say. Including the revelation, the official revelation, that Inter Miami is currently not roster compliant. It is not under the guidelines that it needs to be under MLS rules in terms of the squad that it has. And that's because they have on the squad right now four designated players. And you're only allowed to have three in MLS. Now, if you're asking who those four are, it's Gonzalo Higuain. Rodolfo Pizarro plays Matuidi, who last year signed as a targeted allocation money player. But he came at the halfway point of the season. So now, with his salary, he goes up for the full cap hit and is a DP. And the fourth DP is Matias Pellegrini, who is under the category of young DP. Regardless, he is a DP all the same. Now, Inter Miami has to shed the tag on one of them. However, they do it, they have to do that before the, game, the games get rolling next week. That's a pickle for them. And Chris Henderson said he's waiting for the, a response from the league, something he had said weeks ago. And me and you talked about it here on the show about what he might have meant by that. And, you know, we p- practically assumed that that's what he meant that they had 40 P's on the squad and that they, need, they were trying to see if Pellegrini could go into the under 22 initiative that has been started by MLS for this season. However, according to reports, that will not be possible. So Inter-Miami is in a, in a tough spot. And it seems like all eyes are on Matias Pellegrini in this situation. They're either going to have to find a way to restructure his deal and he's going to have to agree to a pay cut. Or they're going to have to loan him out, trade him, sell him. It's either that or get rid of one of the other three. And I don't see that happening with the other three veterans. I think Pellegrini is the guy that they're going to have to... Move, or bring down his deal. What do you think is going to happen? How do you see this playing out for Inter
2: Miami? Well, I think it's it's sort of symptomatic of everything that's sort of gone on beforehand. I mean, what what a mess that that, that's been made. How they got to this sort of point where you know this is the Matuidi stuff is obviously linked in with you know the the ongoing investigation that that, that I think the club are worried that they're going to drop an announcement on that close to the game and it's going to disrupt things and they're a little bit upset. I think that it hasn't already been sorted out, but I mean. Um, you know, it's just its just what, what was, how, the, the way the squad was planned last year. How has it got to this point now where they're in a sort of tiz or, you know, they, they don't know how to deal with the fact they've got four, four sort of DPs because Tweedy's deal has c- clearly contravened any, any sort of financial guidelines, isn't it? So
1: there has been a precedent of this before in MLS and it happened with the LA Galaxy two years ago now where they had four DPs on the roster prior to the start of the season. And what they ended up having to do was buy out Mexican star Giovanni Dos Santos' contract. And he then became a free agent, and they had to pay him for that. And he wasn't on the squad that season. And he never returned back to L.A. Do you think Inter-Miami is likely to part ways with Pellegrini? Or do you think that they'll prefer to loan him out or find a way to send him somewhere else. You know, if it let's assume that he doesn't agree to a new deal that brings down his cap it.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's going to be the full guy, isn't he? So it just, it just depends. Yeah. Like you say, what, what they're going to do with him. Do they loan him out? Do they get rid of him? I mean, I don't know. These are decisions they're going to have to take, isn't it? But why, when they signed Matuidi, did they, they clearly must've envisaged that something like this was, was going to happen in, in the close season or when, you know, I I don't know about the regulations when he signed mid-season, the this stuff not coming to effect? till the end of the season, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, they, they foresaw this. And I think, yeah, there's just a kind of disbelief at, at what sort of Paul McDonough and, and that regime or whoever else was there, sort of how this sort of happened, really. So it's all, it's all a bit weird.
1: I think, and this is just pure speculation and conjecture on my part, so I'll, I'll repeat that, just speculation. I think that they thought, well, Matuidi will become a DP next year on a full cap hit, but we can put Pellegrini into that under-22 initiative. Now, whether there was that was an oversight on the previous regime's part or not, I mean, again, it's just speculation. You know, it could be open for discussion. But this this mess is not one that Chris Henderson made. This is something he's, inheri- no, he he's inherited. He's inherited, and now State he's got for- right. But now he has to figure it out. Now this is essentially one of his first really big challenges as Inter Miami sporting director. How, you know, how do you manage and navigate this? Firestorm, so, you know, so course, to speak.
2: Of course, yeah, he's come in. He's looked, he's looked at the books of what's gone on before, and they're scratching their heads thinking, hold on, why did this happen? How did this happen? You know, I mean, it's not like catastrophic, but I mean, there's clearly stuff gone on, like this instance where it's just been a bit of mismanagement, really. And um, yeah, now they, they're kind of suffering. You know, like I said, the worry is, is that the league still hadn't made the decision. I spoke to someone in the league at the start of the week, and they said, we're, we're, we're still looking at it. I'll, I'm, we're going to check them out. Never really came back to me after that. And then, you know, the fear is that it's so close to the match. What if Matweedy isn't allowed to play or there is something that goes on? They are fined or whatever. You know, it disrupts their, their, all their plans. So um, they need a resolution sooner rather than later. And then they'll, you know, then they have to try and rectify the mistakes that have gone before them.
1: Steve, you use the word resolution. And there's something else that needs a resolution as far as Inter Miami is concerned. And that's Major League Soccer's investigation into the Blaze Matweedy signing. Now, Chris Henderson said there is no update. Let's listen to what he said in addition to that during this week's press conference.
0: So the timing on Matuidi is, uh, you know, it's with, the, it's with the league at the moment. So, you know, we're waiting on that. Um, you know, as Phil told you, we were we were waiting before. Um, so I, I would think as we get closer to roster compliance, we're going to have a decision on that. But um, as he said back then and now it's 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 out of our hands so we'll just we'll just wait to hear
1: what do you make of that from chris henderson steve are you surprised that the league hasn't come down with an answer yet do you think there will be something done within the next week or so before the start of the season or do you think this could trickle into the season at this point
2: yeah no look i'm, I'm told that the, the you know the club are worried that that if they don't sort it out sooner rather than later, it could disrupt, you know, their their plans for the start of the season, and it, and, it, and it will do if, if it goes into next week and then they're unsure. So, look, I, like I said, I, you know, I also spoke to someone at the league earlier in the week, and they said they were still chasing chasing them up. So they were they, that was a little bit unclear. And they never came back to me. So, um, yeah, it's just a kind of wait and see. But the the club, you know, they want it sorted out now, so then they can move on and do whatever they have to do.
1: Do you expect Blaise Matuidi to be on the roster?
2: this season. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean I would have I would have thought so I and mean, they've invested a lot of money in him, haven't they? And he's a he's a good player and he's a key he's a key part of the squad. I mean What about yeah. what about Matthias Pellegrini? Well it seems that maybe that Pellegrini's gonna have to maybe move on. You know, why you maybe know more better than me, but in terms of him having to take a pay cut, or you know, what, why would he want to sort of take less money and stay, or whatever than that? Maybe I'm, you know, I'm not sure. These are all questions that need to be answered.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Matuidi will be on the team. I do think that if there is a punishment from MLS, and I'm reiterating what I've said in shows past, I think it'll be more on the financial side as well as maybe transfer window or player acquisition side. I don't think it'll be a strike against Blaze Matuidi. That's just what I think. And I do think that Matias Pellegrini may have to be loaned out. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case.
2: Now... Yeah, I can understand why they want you know, they want some answers and some clarification on what actually happened. I think that's fair enough.
1: Sure. I mean, it's been a while now. And at one point, Phil Noble said five to seven days. And that came and went. That was a month ago. Still not sure what led him to believe that that was a possibility. But again, we also don't know what, where MLS stands in its investigation because they have chosen to not comment until the investigation is over, which... May or may not be fair to Inter-Miami. Just depends on on your viewpoint on the thing if Inter-Miami maybe did break a rule. Let's continue on to the arrivals in preseason camp. Like you reported last week for the Sun, the whole squad is now in South Florida. Obviously minus Karen Gibbs who will not join until the summer. That's a good bit of news for Inter-Miami because they need to get as many reps and as many practices in as possible with the full Group. Now, there might be another addition coming to the team. Not sure if it'll be in the summer or fairly soon, but there was a report out of the Dutch media that Feyenoord goalkeeper Nick Marsman is on Inter-Miami's transfer list and that they're trying to close a move for him. This is not the first time Inter-Miami has reportedly been after a goalkeeper, but Chris Henderson did confirm that that is the case. Let's have a listen at what he said. On Tuesday,
0: yeah, we've we've been in discussions uh, with with some goalkeepers. Um, you know, we're happy with uh, John and 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 Drake and um, Dylan. I think the competition is good there. But as as we look at every position on the field, we always talk about wanting to make competition at every position. And that's that's not only going to make us better in games, that's going to make us better in training every day, just to raise the level. And goalkeeper's another position where we want to have competition.
1: Steve, two questions for you here. Obviously, we don't know much of Nick Marsman. I can say that he's played, started and played 19 games for Feyenoord this season in the Eredivisie, the Netherlands' top-tier league. But what do you think about their... Willingness to admit that they're after a goalkeeper and how do you think that affects number one John McCarthy going into next weekend's first game?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, they've, they've been after a goalkeeper, I think for, you know, for a while. Certainly, I think that was one of Phil Neville's first sort of targets was to look for, for you know, obviously Lewis Robles retired, didn't he? So they needed a bit, bit of backup. So they've been looking at a keeper. I, I don't really know too much about him. Texting a, a Dutch agent I know said he was a very interesting player. Um, but yeah I mean he, he has experience playing in the Dutch league which is a good standard final, big team um, you know former title winners in, in Holland um, crazy support but yeah I mean you know he's clearly got experience playing at a, at a very high level so uh, be interesting sure to see what happens but it doesn't seem like anything is signed and sealed just yet
1: well the thing about him is that he, while he's starting for Feyenoord this season this is the first campaign that he's been a regular starter at the club level since when he was a starter for FC Twenty. So he hasn't been playing regularly up until this season. Now is Inter Miami swooping in at the right time and maybe getting him at the right moment? He's 30 years old. He'll be 31 later this year. Obviously maybe has a bit more pedigree than John McCarthy who was playing in the USL a little bit over a year ago. But, how do you, I mean, again, how do you think that affects John McCarthy going into next week's home opener and into the season, knowing that, hey, I'm going to be the number one right now, but maybe not for long. How does that weigh on well, a player?
2: competition for places. Look at, at Man United right now. They've got David De Gea and they've also got Dean Henderson. I think Solskjaer came out the other day, only got a Solskjaer, the coach, and said, we've got, two, we've, got two number, we've got two number ones. You know, just fighting for each other, fighting for, for each other's place, and that's it. So for the competition... Can sometimes work out well, and you have two two guys really sort of busting a gut to impress to to be that to get that you know that that spot on the team. So uh, no, I think he, you know, the coaching staff would encourage definitely strong competition, especially when it comes to keepers.
1: Of course, I agree, I agree that competition is good for the team. I'm not saying they shouldn't have competition. I'm just asking you how you think John McCarthy takes that news. He's been training the whole preseason, thinking he's going to be the number one.
2: It's the goalkeeper's life, man. That's it. That you live life on the edge. You know, any time it's only one position, you only get one chance. So uh, that's you know, that's just the way it is, isn't it? There's yeah, but, but, to get someone else in. So. But he's
1: going to go into the first game, you know, maybe with that in his head. And now I don't know if he's is he going to play like he has to impress? Is he going to play as freely as as he wants to, or as I as he would if he didn't? know that another goalkeeper was probably coming on board to take his position because if they're going to go to Europe and sign a goalkeeper, it's not to make that goalkeeper the number two. I mean, that's just my opinion. I think if they're going to go get Nick Marsman, no. they're, they're putting him as a starter. And, and what? the only way he doesn't start is if he has a complete, you know, has terrible form from the start and just doesn't fit into the group and doesn't perform at MLS. Other than that, there's I don't see how John McCarthy stays as the number one with Nick Marsman being signed from a Dutch club, first division club.
2: He's out, you know? He's out of contract in the summer. Um, you know, looking for a deal. The agent's probably putting his name around. Um, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna probably jump jump at the chance to have a go. You know, have a go in the US. He uh, will, also. but
1: we're talking about John McCarthy. John McCarthy is now essentially being. So what's demoted? Phil Neville
2: supposed to do? Not sign? Not sign someone else? I mean, you know, what he I mean, wanted to do? I'm
1: not. But I'm not asking whether that's what Phil Neville should do. I'm asking how do you think John McCarthy takes this news as as a professional player going into what he thought was going to be. Maybe his season to be the number one, and now you know. I think that can weigh on him. I think that can affect and impact the way he plays. There's the the mental side and the emotional side, it's not something you can measure from afar, or even when you're watching on TV or in the press box. But that definitely has an impact on how soccer and football players perform. A hundred percent. It's up
2: to him, mate. Maybe he'll come in in the first few games and absolutely be. Play out of this world and be undroppable. That's that's the challenge, isn't it? That's possible. It.
1: It's possible, but I, I definitely think that, that John it's, McCarthy it's, needs to believe it. I think it's I think it's going to be quite a challenge, especially since they're going to Europe to bring to bring this goalkeeper. Steve, let's take a quick break. We'll come back after that to talk about a few more things, including a player with a very familiar and big name that's on trial with Inter Miami.
0: Teams uh, throughout the league are going through the same thing we are: canceled games, um, trying to keep everyone safe. It's obviously challenging for us to prepare for a season this way. You can't just, you know, schedule the games you want and everything's going to work the way you want. So, you know, we've tried to make the best of this situation.
1: Primo, we've talked about certain positions. We've talked about certain players. One player that popped up in the news last week after we recorded was Enzo Zidane. Yes, that is the legendary Zinedine Zidane's son, one of them. And he has been on trial with Inter Miami for several weeks now. Whether he gets signed or not is uncertain. Although I think you have heard some news in that regard.
2: Yeah, I mean he's on trial. I think he's done okay. Um, is what we what we were told. Um, but I've never really haven't seen him play too much. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, obviously he's a, you know comes from such a great storied family. You know his father was. You know, arguably one of the greatest players of all time. If you ever want to watch a film about soccer, that's a good film. Uh, there's a Zidane film. I think it's just called Zidane. And it just it's on a, a camera which basically just follows him and him alone for ninety minutes in this game. I think he's playing Valencia while he's playing for Real Madrid. It's just incredible, and it, the game is really dramatic. But anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm going off point here. I've never really seen Enzo play too much, but I mean, it's you know, it's 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 an interesting one to see see what happens.
1: He hasn't. Played all that much in the past few years. He played last year at Almeria. Before that at Avis, And he's kind of bounced around since leaving Real Madrid's second and third teams. You know, half a decade ago. So, not sure what kind of impact he can make in Major League Soccer. Or that Inter Miami could get. I guess we'll wait and see if he gets signed. Was notable though that they have a Zidane on trial. And that he's been in practice even when the team opened training sessions to us on the media side. Now, they have practiced at the far fields for most of the time that we have been there. So, harder to pick him out and you know pinpoint who the new face is. But he's been around for a few weeks. So... That uh, doesn't speak well on our behalf that we did not do as good of a job there as we should have.
2: Remember, his dad's obviously good friends with with David David Beckham. They played it together around Madrid. Roberto Carlos and Figo, uh, amazing and it's such an amazing team. Um, Brazilian Ronaldo, yeah. So it's a good story.
1: Well, if, for anyone that wants to know, he's a 26 year old attacking midfielder, but he can play in a, in a few different spots. But he only made three perform- three appearances for Almeria in league play last year now steve let's move on to the fact that tickets went on sale for the first three games this past week and what i've heard by and large from several fans is that the process was terrible and very frustrating and very difficult to secure tickets I, I was told that Inter-Miami opening up this last friendly on Sunday against Toronto FC is due in part to that process because it was just so rough and just not a very pleasant experience for Inter-Miami fans.
2: Well, that's, that's not good to hear. Uh, that's obviously the first time I've, I've heard of that. So um, what, were the, what were the reasonings?
1: Just the system itself. Just overall how people could get into, I guess, the stadium seat selection and... Pick seats and heard there were seats that showed that they were available, but then weren't available, and they couldn't pick. And they were also timed in how quickly they could buy the seats for the first three games, and that that kind of added some extra stress and, and chaos. So it was just kind of a uh, not not a pleasant experience for fans. Hopefully, Inter Miami sorts that out going forward, which I expect that they will, because again, starting May 29th, their plans are to have as close to full capacity as possible. Obviously, these three games that are being sold to fans or the tickets are being sold to fans, it's with limited capacity. So certain rules and regulations apply there and and Inter Miami has to work around those. So not ideal circumstances by and large, but Inter Miami probably should, should have done a little bit better there. Speaking of games, and we touched on this earlier, but I guess we didn't... Really hone in on it is Inter-Miami earlier this week on Monday announced that it was going to play three friendlies this week. One was again tonight against Miami FC, tonight Wednesday. The next one will be on Sunday against Miami FC. And then they're planning also on Sunday a second game against Toronto FC. So there's some games on the agenda after looking like they might not have another friendly on the cards. Good bit of news for Inter-Miami.
2: Yeah, exactly. They just needed some some games. You know, it must be so frustrating to go to Sarasota. It's you know, it's it's a, it's a, journey, a bit of a journey, isn't it? Drag everyone up there, and then to not play at all was, um, you know, it's just not ideal. I know they played in Tampa the night you know the weekend before that, but yeah, that that was just very very frustrating because that was a whole training week block basically just ruined because of of the pandemic and the virus and you know everything else that goes with that. So yeah, at least now they can have a sort of good few run before the you know the the, and the seasons come around really quickly, hasn't it? It starts sort of, you know, a week Sunday.
1: And Henderson did confirm this week that there were players in Inter Miami squad as well as that of other teams in Bradenton and Sarasota that had COVID and obviously that was the reason why they decided to to come back. They they felt like they were safer and in more of a bubble here in South Florida. However, must be added that Inter Miami on Monday announced that the players received their first vaccine shots so they are planning to receive their second one in the next few weeks i'm not exactly entirely sure what that entails in the bigger picture for inter miami and whether that means maybe you know if we get vaccinated we're able to to speak to them up close and personal in the near future. I'm not sure what it all entails, but certainly a good bit of news for the South Florida team.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the protocols are still, you know, it's changes week by week, doesn't it? In terms of what's allowed and what's not. And, you know, it's all all governed by MLS, basically. They make the rules for, for interaction between players and media and whatever. So hopefully as, as things begin to ease and more people get vaccinated or whatever, and the rates drop more, then, you know, we'll be back sort of doing, Reporting normally rather than you know, for a file looking into a computer screen, but um, yeah, it just depends I mean the you know, the cases was kind of on the up a little bit in Florida recently So we we'll just have to wait and see
1: now one other topic Steve that I think we should talk about is something that I heard from Paul Daglish Miami FC's head coach when I spoke to him earlier this week and it was about the now existent relationship between Inter Miami and Miami FC something that did not exist Last year, last year, for whatever reason, um,
2: the, the phone calls weren't returned, and this year, you know, it's we've now got the relationship that the that, that two teams should have in the area.
1: Steve, what are your quick thoughts on there now being somewhat of a relationship between the two South Florida teams?
2: No, it's good, you know, I think it's a positive thing. I've done a fair bit with, um, you know Miami FC in the past you know and they they've they've been fighting hard they've been around for five or six years Alessandra Alessandra Nesta took over initially um, you know and then they you know they started up then they sort of went away for a bit and there was a problem with the USL then they came but then they came back again um, you know and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting story so I I want I want to see them do well I want to see them flourish and and have sort of two good sort of solid you know established teams here um, that can just sort of bounce, bounce off each other you know the the owner of Miami FC has been critical of MLS he wants promotion and relegation he's he's had legal battles in terms with MLS and, and and US soccer as well trying to put their point of view across that it, it's you know MLS is a close shop and you know it, it, it doesn't um, help sporting advancement and you know they want um, they want to have a fair playing field and have promotion and relegation and give teams like Miami a chance Miami FC a chance of mixing it with everyone else but you know, US, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. And they've been he- he- banging their heads against a brick wall for for a long time. Um, but, you know, they're a nicely run club. Paul Dalglish, you know, again, talk about Zidane's storied sort of family in life. And, um, you know, Paul, Paul Dalglish's dad, Kenny, Liverpool legend, Celtic legend, Scotland legend, uh, just a, a complete legend of, of British football. And, you know, Paul Dalglish, who played in MLS and also played for Newcastle and Norwich and a few other teams. Um you know he's he's given it a go as a coach so it's um yeah I think it's a good thing.
1: It's definitely a good thing especially if it helps Inter Miami in these preseason games and if the two teams can work with one another on occasion to help grow the sport in this area there's no mistakes made about Inter Miami being the much sexier team and the bigger brand in this South Florida market but I think it's definitely a plus that they can now coincide and try to work with each other to help one another in certain situations or in certain scenarios so definitely a plus very interesting for him to say for paul daglish to say that last year the phone wasn't being picked up but not now there is probably has to do at least a little bit with his relationship with phil neville but moving on yeah yeah, 100
2: percent 100%. Yeah.
1: Steve, I have one more thing I want to talk to you about before we jump into our Q&A session. And I know it's not your favorite talking point in the whole wide world, but there was a goalkeeper jersey that was revealed or maybe not officially revealed, but that was shown by the team. The Images surfaced online as well. And it's predominantly pink. It's got like a, I don't know how to describe it, but like a, a, a weird design across the body of the jersey. It's A shade of pink, a different shade of pink. Maybe a darker shade of pink. But it has purple on it, which is Inter-Miami's rival, Orlando City's color. Now, I know Adidas makes these jerseys kind of stock for the year. And all different teams, or all the teams, you know, wear them at different times. But, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Inter-Miami wearing purple, their rival's color, on a jersey? Because, you know, I don't know. I forget what team you support in England. But I can't imagine that they would ever wear the opposing rivals
2: main well, oh like, yeah I, I followed west ham you know as a, as a kid back back home i mean i guess chelsea would be the rivals and Millwall both playing blue would west ham playing blue i don't think they would use that as a reason maybe they would maybe use it as a reason for not playing in blue i'm not sure really um does it make a difference i don't think so not really do you well you clearly do so hey, i think
1: i think you know you shouldn't wear your rivals colors be it a goalkeeper or a field player that's just my,
0: that's just Surely, my personal cool, opinion oh, oh sure.
1: no i think the jersey overall is is it's great. I mean, again, I know it's probably an Adidas call and not necessarily an Inter Miami call uh, because it's just the way the deal with Adidas and Major League Soccer works. But you know, I guess that's just uh, just fodder for the podcast. Steve, let's take another quick break. We'll come back for our Q and A session and our final thoughts after this. Q&A time. However, before we get to that, just got a bit of breaking news. Sources have told me, multiple sources have told me, that Inter-Miami won its preseason game tonight by a 1-0 score. Gonzalo Higuaín with the game-winning goal. So Inter-Miami picks up its first preseason victory in its second preseason match. There's a bit of information for the Miami Total Football listeners who were... Anxiously or eagerly looking to find out the result because Inter Miami has made it a big old secret.
2: Phil Neville's first win. Let's celebrate it.
1: <laughs> true that. True that. True that. It's I mean, true. you. I mean, you can celebrate it, but true that that it is his first. That his first win. Okay. Q and A time. Well, we only have a few questions this week, so uh, let's try to go through them fairly quickly. The first one comes from Lloyd Halebrun. If they cut Pellegrini because of the DP issue, would anyone actually notice? Oof. Harsh question from Lloyd. Steve, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the squad would notice. I mean, he's still, you know, he 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 did okay last season. Didn't didn't you know rip up any trees? But he he did okay. And in a squad that hasn't got a load of sort of attacking talent or creative talent, I think to lose him, yeah, would would it would would hurt them because unless they, unless they replace him, that's the thing. You know, if if they get rid of if they get rid of him when he leaves, can they replace him? Which I'm sure they'll look to do. Um, because that's where they kind of lacked it, didn't they? If 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 it wasn't working, how could he? How could he try? And, how could Diego Alonso try and change it off the bench? It was difficult. Got Gonzalo's brother there, um, who, who could do a job, but, but um, yeah, younger a younger guy as well to come in. If, if Pellegrini goes, would be good.
1: So they can certainly replace him in terms of the roster slot if they do part ways with him. You know, and that means for more than just alone. loan, but. Can they sign a DP, a young DP? Obviously not. Now they, maybe they could sign someone under the under twenty two initiative. Sure, but if we're going to answer Lloyd questions or Lloyd Haleburn's question, sorry, would anyone actually notice? I mean, from a fan standpoint, from the outside, maybe not because his performances weren't great last year. However, he has potential. Now it's about finding the best way to make use of it and getting the most out of him. And maybe Phil Neville is that guy because a lot has been said about his ability to work with younger players and maybe he he can or he could get the best out of Pellegrini or more out of him than we saw in 2020. Now, the next question comes from Brandt and it's a similar question. Hey, Franco, love the pod. Left mid seems to have a lot of young talent. Pellegrini, Ascona, Penn and Robbie, possibly. You think we'll see one of them break out. Ascona, a serious contender from what you've seen from Dominican Republic, Fort Lauderdale, CF games. Is this a do or die season for Pellegrini? Is Enzo Zidane an option? So I'll start here. There is talent on the wings. I don't think Josh Penn is necessarily an option there. I think he's more of a a right wing player, however he might be. But... Will someone break out? I mean, I think we'll see someone impress. I think there's enough options there that someone's going to come in, get some minutes, and do well with those minutes. But as to who it'll be, tough to say. I don't know if it'll be Ascona. I mean, I I would probably wager that it's not Ascona just because he's young, and I don't see him getting that much playing time. I think think his game still, while he's good with the ball, I don't know if defensively he he has enough yet to to earn serious minutes in Major League Soccer. That's just 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 my opinion. Maybe Robbie Robinson. Maybe uh, you know. There's been a lot of talk about him lately, and how Inter Miami chose him over Daryl DK, who is killing it in England's second division right now. He's on a red hot scoring tear. But I mean, I just that's just what I think. I do think someone will step up. I'm just not sure who it is, and don't think it'll be us
2: going now. Yeah, my friend is a big Barnsley fan. Actually, loves him, Daryl DK. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you want, though, isn't it? You want to just. Have a player, discover a player, a young player like that that just really come, you know comes of age and starts doing really well, and um, you know that's that's the challenge, isn't it, for the for the managers to try and work, get work the youth system and just get some other players just just coming through to save the club a few a few dollars and you know just keep that production line coming. That's that's what Beckham they've they've been talking about producing a culture with the academy and bring all the players through. That's the that's the dream, but um, you know in, in reality it does take a bit of time to you know, for, for people to, to come to the fore.
1: I, I'll, I'll add this because if Pellegrini stays, if they find a way to make it work, I think it is a big season for him because he has to raise his level of his performance. He has to raise that level, absolutely. Maybe get a couple more goals and a few more assists and just play better because if he does not, then Inter Miami could be willing to, to, to move on and... and part ways with him because he was brought under the previous regime not under this current regime uh, next question comes from jr reed see if you can start here hey gents any news on the players who had covid will they participate in next week's preseason game henderson said henderson said he's done with signing players until the winter window do you think inter miami are better with the new signings or still missing couple pieces
0: thanks
2: don't we don't know how many players were were, were affected with the virus. I'm, I'm, I'm led to believe it was around sort of four people from from into into Miami. Um, but as Chris Henderson said, it was a member of staff. I'm unsure of the player, um, but you know it affected it affected the squad. And, and as for signings, I think you know again we mentioned it a lot. Depends on what happens with Betweedy, with Pellegrini. They're trying to you know move a few pieces here and there to see to see what they can work out. So um, you know it's all a little bit unclear right now.
1: I don't think they're done. I think he said, you know, they're planning ahead, but I don't think they're done.
2: No, I don't that, think so. No, yeah, the, no. the, the
1: goalkeeper no. continuously, the goalkeeper position continuously comes up in reports from abroad, and I think where I think they, the
2: goalkeeper where, thing is going to be, so the goalkeeper thing going to be sorted. I would have thought. So I think you know they'll get they'll get him in. They've got they've got the defenders in now. Just maybe a couple of players or a player a bit further on the field in midfield or an attacking position or a striker. Um yeah, I think that's that's where they'll be looking at left winger, isn't it, potentially?
1: I do think that yeah, just, just to add to that, the the goalkeeper position where there's smoke, there's fire. And we've heard a lot of news and reports about the goalkeepers around different leagues being looked at by Inter or Miami, whether it was I'm blanking on his name right now, but the goalkeeper that that played at Everton or the plays at Everton, the, the backup goalkeeper, or Nick Marsman now. Yeah, at one point there was even talk about uh, a Panamanian goalkeeper that plays in in Euro-wise. So I think whether there's smoke, there's fire. I think they will sign one more player. Now whether they'll have to cut someone or move someone from their squad in order to make room for that signing and any other signings potentially in the summer, well, that's definitely a possibility. It's something Chris Henderson mentioned this week. Now the last question comes from Carlos Segovia, and he says, "I probably posted this too late, but he did not because we we recorded a day late." But this is a question. Based on team and early prediction, which position in the league do you think the team will land in this season? Steve, do you want to answer that now or do you want to wait for next week when we're in the final week of preseason looking ahead to the start of the regular season? Do you want to hold your thoughts there or do you just want to go gung-ho and have a response ready right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I just, you know, they've they barely played of there. I just, you know, literally, you know, two games going in going into the weekend. So, you know, it's... The, the preseason has really been mucked up because you think, you know, normally I know the dates have have, have changed and, and stuff because of the pandemic and everything's been sort of pushed forward. But you know, you expect preseason to at least be four or five weeks. I know they've been training, but they haven't been playing, and so it's I don't know. Yeah, we definitely reserved judgment until they've played a few more games for sure. It's scary to think that the, the season begins next week. It's you know, it's come along so so quickly.
1: See, you just. Completely hedged your bets there and didn't say anything of substance there, Steve Brenner, because the question was, where do you think they'll stand? They'll land in the season. So whether it's this week or next week, you know they're gonna have only played a certain amount of games, and we're gonna have to come up with some prediction. It's the preseason pod. We have to come up yep. with a prediction. So you better you better marinate on that one because next week I'm I'm holding you to the fire, and we get we're gonna get a response out of you.
2: I sleep on the fence. I
1: sleep on the fence. <laughs> well. That does it for our Q and A session this week, Steve. Final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, it just the the feeling that they want to get this betweeny thing sorted um, is was prevailing for me this week for sure. You know, I think it's 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 kind of putting a little bit of a spanner in the works and um, you know a little bit of a, a distraction when they don't when all other stuff as well as hasn't been going to plan but um now hopefully they've, they've got a game under their belt tonight and then a couple more games over the you know over the weekend i think next week in the build up to that first game they're going to be in um not 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 too too bad a shape all things considered which is which is decent
1: for me my final thought is i did a piece on nicolas figal that came out today wednesday i was able to speak to him in an interview in spanish Uh, a couple of weeks back and we touched on a number of different things and he said he wants to get at his best level because he made no qualms and did not hide from the fact that he did not perform up to par in 2020. And he wants to play to the best of his abilities this season. He said he's come in with a renewed sense and a renewed vision for the year. He had a lot of personal matters that he said affected him during the expansion season. So it's an insightful piece. It was a good interview. So if you want to check it out, it's on sbisoccer.com. And again, it's on Nicolas Figal and, and how he's heading into this new season, which I think we will see him play a lot of center back and right back. Phil Neville has said he considers him an option at both spots. Again, that's also in the piece and touched on in the piece. So give it a read. Let me know what you think. Alan at Franco Penizo. But that does it for this week's show. We will be back next week to talk about The first preseason game we're going to be able to watch on Sunday versus Toronto FC. And we'll talk all our preseason predictions for Inter-Miami from how they'll finish in the regular season to the playoffs. If they make it there to who we think will be the top goal scorer and who may be the biggest disappointment. But for Steve Brenner, I am Franco Penizo. We will talk to you guys again next week.